Welcome to Racing Green, the podcast that explores the ideas, innovations, and influences making waves in the journey towards a sustainable future for our planet. In each episode, we investigate the new challenges, ingenious solutions, and the undiscovered opportunities that lie at the heart of our rapidly changing world. We aim to accelerate a new era founded on optimism and impactful collective responsibility. Today we chat with Jill Noel, EV expert at UK-based Electrics, as we discuss the current state of electric vehicle adoption, the intricacies of salary sacrificing for EVs, and the impact of policy initiatives pushing towards cleaner, more efficient transportation in the UK. Welcome, Jill. Thanks very much, Jeff. Now, you're an expert on EVs. I wonder if you'd tell us about how you became this expert and working at Electrics. Yeah, certainly. So many moons ago, I started out in law, following in my family's footsteps. Um, At some point, I decided, well, law is not for me. So I went back to university and did an MBA in environmental management in Liverpool. And I'd say that it was that step that really started me off on my career to date. So I've been working in energy and environmental technologies for the last 20 years. But the last 10 years, I've really focused on EV. I was very fortunate back in 2012. I was working on a project seeking to understand the impact of of clusters of electric cars on the local electricity network. So that's when I had my first test drive in a very early Nissan Leaf back in 2012. Um, you know, I did the very typical thing of sitting in sitting in the driver's seat. I said to my person next to me, so how do I turn this thing on? And they said, Jill, it is on. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I put my foot down and I was off. So I was smitten by the whole drive experience from the start. And by virtue of the work that I was doing at the time, I was involved in dozens of community test drives in the Nissan Leaf. And without exception, everybody emerged from their first going one with a big smile on their face. And really, for the last 10 years, I've done everything I can to advocate for their uptake. What are some of the significant milestones that you've seen in EVs over, say, the the last 10 years? Yeah, I think really, you know, battery technology has come on so much. When I started driving electric cars, the average range was about 80 miles you know, so you could drive for 80 miles before you needed to stop and charge. So as the crow flies, that's like driving from London to Warwick. Today, many electric cars will happily go for over 250 miles before you need to charge them. And again, as the crow flies, that's something like London to Newcastle upon time. So Battery technology has improved vastly. You know, the choice of electric cars on the market today, we're looking at well over 150 makes and models to choose from. And then I think on the charging side, things have come on in leaps and bounds over the years. So if you can charge at home, it's super easy and super convenient if you have off-street parking and smart charging now means that it's really good for the grid and also for our pockets as we can take advantage of off-peak energy tariffs. So it can be really inexpensive to charge 
at home overnight. You know, if I can give you an example, in my own case, it costs me less than five pounds to fully charge my car if I charge all off peak. So that's for about 280 miles, which is fantastic. And even for people who can't charge at home, we're seeing on-street charges popping up. Plus, there are lots of charging hubs rolling out across the country and what we call destination chargers at local supermarkets, at gyms, hotels, you know, tourist attractions, places like that. In terms of numbers of public chargers, we have almost 40,000 public chargers in the UK today. And we've got a target of increasing that to between 300 and 700,000 by 2030. And I think my next point then would be that policy has had a really big part to play in our what is essentially a really mass transition to EV. So we know that by 2030, we'll simply no longer be able to buy a new petrol or diesel car. So now is probably a really good time to start thinking about making the switch, you know, whether that's um, in a personal capacity or through your business or even through a, you know, a salary sacrifice scheme. Wow. One of the challenges, though, of accelerating this or making this happen quicker? So we know um, from some research that we've done at LV, we know that about 45% of people are put off by the higher upfront sticker price of electric cars. Um, you know, and there's no doubt that we do need to reach price parity with petrol and diesel cars. And this will come. However, it does help if we can think about all the costs involved when it comes to buying or leasing an electric car. Again, from research we've done, we've found that the running costs for electric cars are about 47% lower than for their petrol and diesel counterparts. And actually, leasing an electric car over, say, four years can work out cheaper um, than leasing a petrol or diesel car. And actually, as a business, if you can lease through your company or through a salary sacrifice scheme, then certainly through salary sacrifice, you can make savings of up to 40%. And that's because there are really beneficial low tax rates for electric cars at the moment, which makes it start to make good financial sense very, very quickly. On the costs, there's no doubt we do need to see a more buoyant secondhand market for electric cars, because I think that once we see more electric cars trickle down onto the used car market, that's when we start to see them become sort of truly affordable for more people across our communities, which is what we need. Another common barrier is is range. So again, some research that we've done has shown that 40% of people think that electric cars can't drive long distance. Actually, which I kind of touched on already, a lot of electric cars on the market today, over a third have a range of over 250 miles and over half will go for 200 miles on a single charge. And if we think that actually 99% of all journeys in the UK are less than 100 miles and our average daily mileage is less than 30 miles, then we can quickly start to see that, um, you know, range anxiety is probably a thing of the past. Yeah, but maybe not in the minds of the consumer yet, though. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And this is why um, I work for, for electrics. And a big part of the work that I do is to help people overcome these common concerns and, you know, and these barriers to making the switch. And I think the more that we can talk to people about them, 
the more that people can talk to other electric car drivers about what it is really like to, you know, to own an electric car and to drive an electric car on a daily basis, then we'll start to see some of these common concerns, you know, washed away quite quickly. And what about environmental concerns with electric vehicles? Clearly, there's no tailpipe, and that's fantastic. Love it. But there are people that are concerned about the environmental impact of batteries and tires and other. How is the industry dealing with this? Yeah, so this is this is one that I come across quite often, and I think it's a it's a really really fair challenge. There is plenty of research now that shows that on a well to wheel basis. So if we look at the whole life cycle <coughs> of an electric car, it shows that electric cars produce around one third less carbon emissions than petrol and diesel cars. So there is that, and there's naturally often a focus on battery production and disposal. And of course, there are ethical and environmental concerns around lithium and cobalt mining. If we look at cobalt, though, so the good news on that front is that cobalt content of batteries has been slashed by around 90% in recent years. And indeed, some models of electric cars are entirely cobalt free. And it always helps me to look at kind of the global picture when it comes to cobalt. So in terms of cobalt use globally, 60% of cobalt is used in electronics, 30% is used in petrochemical refinement, and just 10% in electric cars. So hopefully that helps put it into some kind of context. I think on the lithium front, then there is sometimes a concern that there isn't enough lithium. Well, I was reading the other day that actually there's enough lithium on earth for around 18 and a half trillion Nissan Leafs, which is just mind boggling. When we think about the end of life of electric car batteries, then it is highly unlikely that they will end up in landfill because they're simply too valuable. I think they retain something like up to 70% of their usable capacity when they come to the end of their lives. And used electric car batteries can be used in a range of storage applications. So there's great inherent value in them. Plus, of course, there's loads of really strict regulations that govern what actually happens to them at the end of their life. And on the recycling side, then recycling technology is improving all the time. And, uh, you know, up to 100% of the materials in a used electric car battery can be recycled. Well, so the industry is definitely dealing with it. And economics have, has a big role to play in, you know, these valuable commodities in our batteries are going to make sure that we do recycle them and, and, and actually are very responsible with the, any waste that could come from batteries. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think the key thing is innovation here. You know, it's it's almost a new sector. There's so many opportunities for innovation and it really shines through, I think, especially in the area of, um, you know, reusing, recycling batteries for sure. Right. Well, on the topic of innovation, let's talk about electrics. What is electrics? What does it do? And as equally importantly, um, Tell us about salary sacrifice, how it works. Yeah, certainly, of course. So um, Electrics is part of LV General Insurance. LV was the first major insurance company in the UK back in 2019 to bring a bespoke electric car insurance product to market. So we've kind of 
jumped forward now and we're looking to the future. We're listening to our customers and indeed to the driving community to see what needs to happen. And of course, you know, electric cars come 2030, we'll no longer be able to buy a new petrol or diesel car. So we launched electrics in 2022 having that really loved and trusted brand of LV behind us. And the aim of electrics is to make it easy for people to make the switch to an electric car through a one-stop shop. So we've got everything you need to get you on the road with an electric car, whether that's personal or business leasing or indeed salary sacrifice. We're working with a leasing partner with 30 years experience of leasing, CBBC, We can also offer home charges through our partner, Indra, and of course, electric car insurance. Wrapped around all that, so you can come to us for your your electric car lease, for your home charger, for your insurance. We have an online knowledge hub with all the information you might need to help you make an informed decision to go to electric. And then I I think you asked about salary sacrifice. So we're really excited about the salary sacrifice scheme that we can offer through electrics. In a nutshell, salary sacrifice allows employees to give up a portion of their earnings every month in return for a non-cash benefit from their employer. So you might have heard of cycle to work schemes, for example. Yeah. So it works along very, very similar lines. So now you can use a salary sacrifice scheme for electric cars too, and this can result in really, really great savings, actually. So when an employee leases an electric car through salary sacrifice, they're not taxed on the money they give up. Instead, they pay tax on the value of the benefiting kind. So for electric cars, benefiting kind tax is just 2% of the vehicle's value. And that's fixed until April 2025. In a sort of kind of to to give you a headline benefit then in terms of salary sacrifice, employees can save up to 40% on the cost of an electric car lease, which is, you know, a really, really great saving. And actually lots of the cars that we see, lots of the electric cars that we see on the road in the UK today are there by virtue of either business leasing or indeed a salary sacrifice scheme. Okay, so if I'm understanding it, the amount that an employee pays for a lease of an electric vehicle will be non-taxable except for 2% of the value of the vehicle. Is that right? I wonder if you could give us a worked example of how it actually works. Of course. So let's take Elliot. Elliot is a a 20% taxpayer. He chooses an MG4, so that's an electric car, and he chooses a four-year lease term and 8,000 miles per year. So by virtue of salary sacrifice, he will save almost £7,000 over that four-year lease term, and actually his employer saves over £3,000. So you can very quickly see by that example, the savings that can be made. I think what's important to say as well is through the electric salary sacrifice scheme, of course, we include the lease. We also include the insurance and we also include installation of a home charger. 
in the costs as well. And we do think that we're the most flexible scheme on the market. Um, So in terms of tailored risk protection, and we've made the scheme as easy to set up as possible and hopefully hassle-free to run. So yeah, really any, I think anybody listening who's interested in salary sacrifice, then, uh, you know, we'd love to talk to you. It's a really affordable, accessible way to get on the road with an EV. So this is really government policy that's actually driving this change. Yeah, it's the low rates, it's the sustained low rates of benefiting kind, actually, that that are making salary sacrifice schemes and indeed business leasing so affordable and so attractive for EVs. I think in the early days of uh, electric cars, so, you know, 10 years ago when I was first starting to drive them, then government incentives played a really big role in boosting the market. I think now we're looking at these kind of tax incentives, such as, you know, low rates of benefiting kind. And as we continue to make the switch, you know, we've got almost 700,000 electric cars on our roads in the UK today. What we do need to do is to make sure that we're focused now on rolling out robust, reliable, accessible charging infrastructure. We need to give people the confidence to make the switch and that all that supporting network, if you like, is there for them. Um, Although currently most people do charge at home, of course, it has to be recognised that, that, for example, there are those people who can't and we need to make sure that there are um, really accessible solutions for people who can't charge at home so that that's not a barrier to uh, making the switch. So looking forward into the future, what are we going to see in the the future of electric vehicles? What what are some of your predictions about how this market might shape up? So, I mean, I'm so excited to be part of electrics. I think in terms of electrics, it's, you know, this is a huge step for an insurance company to take. You know, we're fundamentally helping people make the switch to an EV in as easy way as possible. And I think it's that's what is really, really key. We need to make sure that the language around electric cars is straightforward and people can understand it. You know, we're moving away from gallons and litres of fuel to kilowatt hours, for example. We need to help people understand how they will charge their car, whether that's at home or on a public charger. For example, you know, we need to help people understand how quickly their car will charge, for example, as well. And the reason I say that is that um, so I've had my own electric car for about four years now. I've had a Kia e-Niro for for the last two years. And it took me quite a while to realise that my car will only ever charge up to 77 kilowatt. So Even if I plug it in to an ultra rapid public charger that can charge at up to 350 kilowatt, my car will only ever charge up to 77 kilowatt, which is fine because I don't often use public chargers. So it's absolutely no bother for me. But I think it's it's helping people understand these sort of differences and the things that are new when it comes to electric cars so that we don't leave people disappointed or confused when they do make the switch. So, yeah, I think we need to help people understand the language. We need to help people understand how to charge, where to charge, and just give people that comfort that actually, you know, once you've been driving an electric car for a little while, it simply becomes second nature. 
Are there any nuances around how insurance might be different for an electric vehicle versus a petrol car? In terms of insurance, then, I think it's important that people make sure that when you take out your electric car insurance, that it covers your home charger, for example, if you charge at home, that it covers your charging cables, things like that, you know, and I am happy to report that if you take out your electric car insurance through electrics, then we do absolutely cover all those things. It's also worth considering that if you were to run out of charge on a longer journey, then make sure that the roadside assistance that you've taken out, whether you can get a roadside boost just to give you enough range to get you home or to the closest public charger, or whether it can actually physically take you uh, to the next rapid charger so that you can get on your way. So it's just things like that. It's just worth Mm. considering. Yeah, I was sort of perplexed of what what is the difference with electric vehicles? And I guess it's just that it's just so new. Terminology, range, there's a number of variables uh, that need to be taken into account when owning one. So I'd like to now put you on the spot as an expert. If you could give us any really key tips for any person out there that's considering taking the plunge and getting an EV, what should they look out for? So I think firstly, obviously consider your budget. Um, so so what electric car can you afford? Leasing indeed might be a really, really great option to sort of help you with uh, manageable monthly payments, but also think about what kind of range you're going to need on a daily basis. Many electric cars come with a choice of battery size. So the bigger the battery, the longer the range. So that's one thing to consider. Once you do have your electric car, it's good to keep your car topped up to about 80% state of charge, and that will help prolong battery life. But also, if you're using a public charger, once you reach 80%, then the charge rate slows down hugely after that. So it's good EV etiquette to move off the charger once you've reached that 80% and let somebody else use it. I think before you get an electric car, if you can test drive one, then then do so. You know, they're a really great uh, drive experience and it's often the test drive that nudges people into making their mind up. If you have off-street parking, then it should be straightforward to have a home charger installed. So it's always worthwhile thinking ahead to how are you going to charge your car. If you can have a home charger installed, it's really worthwhile thinking uh, about moving on to an EV-friendly energy tariff because then you can take advantage of cheaper off-peak charging. Um, You know, I'm on an off-peak energy tariff, so it is really cheap for me to charge overnight between the hours of half midnight and half four. And actually, I shift a lot of my other energy use into that four-hour window as well. So a lot of my um, energy use is is kind of off-peak, which makes it, you know, obviously in, in this world of higher rising energy prices, that's really, really nice. But I think above all, what I would say is talk to other electric car drivers. There are lots of online forums and groups. There are local and regional and national electric vehicle associations and groups that you can reach out to and talk to. And of course, I am bound to say that by all means, please do visit lvelectrics.co.uk. We've got loads of really useful guides, lots of information there 
all positioned to try and help you make a really informed decision and hopefully switch to EV. Great. Jill, thanks for joining us here today on Racing Green. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.